Louisville lost a legend this week. We'll share some Denny Crum memories on the Access Louisville podcast. That's coming up. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news along with plenty of shop opinions about what is happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. This week on the show, I'm joined by Michael Jones. How you doing out there? And Haley Cawthon. Hey there. And yeah, like I teased in the intro, I just figured we'd, uh, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a short show this week, and it's probably going to go up a day early because I, uh, I got, I'm off tomorrow, so I'm just wrapping up today, and you know how it is when you're... Uh, when you got time off, you got 10 million things to do before you can take the time off. So, uh, but I did want to talk a little bit this week just about Denny Crum. Um, obviously, a legendary coach, uh, you know, at UofL for what was it, Michael, 30 years? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He yeah, started about in three it's in the 71, 71 to 2001. Right. So, yeah. uh, yeah, and uh, he uh, passed away this week at age 86. He had been ill before. Um, uh, back in December, I think that's when people started kind of worrying about his health and, uh, and he passed away this week, which we were all sad to hear, but I figured we'd just share a few, a few, uh, L uh, and Denny Crum memories. Michael, you said you, uh, you watched him a lot back in his days when you, you were at Leo. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, I, well, first of all, my family were rabbit L fans and my grandfather, whenever they lost was convinced Denny through the game, <laughs> like they should never lose. But, uh, yeah, most people don't know that Denny was one of the original founders of Leo. Oh, yeah. I saw that in your story. That surprised me. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, so um, it was like mostly like a group of ex-columnists from um, The Courier. And, you know, of course, John Yarmouth put it together and he wanted people with names Mm -hmm. that would be recognizable. So, um, you know, he asked Denny and Denny said he'd do it. And uh uh, I think uh, he had one or two columns, but he wasn't actually <laughs> that involved in Leo. But yeah. <laughs> besides uh, lending his name, but I did occasionally see him around the office. And then um, one of our sales ladies was Betty Olson, and her uh, brother-in-law was Bill Olson, who was the athletic director, and her husband Bud had worked at U of L. So whenever they didn't use their U of L game tickets, I would be right there by the bench. Very nice, <laughs> very nice. Uh, two questions: did, did Denny wear the red blazer when he was at the office, or was it uh, was it more of just that was a sideline thing? Uh, I he never wore it to the office, but uh, he wore some bright colors. I remember a bright like green jacket. I was like, yeah. is he playing in the Masters or something?" <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, yeah, I I probably coached or <laughs> excuse me, I probably covered Denny Crum in in his last games. I uh, I tried to find this online, but I worked for the Louisville Cardinal when I was in college, and. Um, I covered the basically, you know, his retirement, his last season was in 2001, and that was when I was a sports writer at uh, the Louisville Cardinals. So I remember covering like that, his departure, and I remember covering 
uh, Patino's introduction. I was at the press conference where Patino um, was announced as the U of L head coach. Uh, I did a preview of the Cardinals that season uh, that Patino took over. I went back. I did find it. I went back and read it. It's terrible. Like there was just not yeah. enough details. <laughs> but you know, I guess that's uh, when you're young, you uh, you, <laughs> you you're kind of still learning. So I was like, oh, this isn't the best thing I ever wrote. But um, but yeah, I did cover. All right, yeah, I watched uh, Denny and and you know when he was covering that team with uh, Reese Gaines, and uh, you know. It was a. I remember a pretty memorable time for the Cardinals. You know, just having that big switch and yeah. I remember Marquette. Marquette was our big rival, and uh, they had um, oh Dwayne Wade. Oh wow! And it was always like, who's best, Dwayne Wade or Reese Gaines? And now <laughs> I would know. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't admit it yeah. back then, yeah. but I would admit it now. <laughs> Dwayne Wade probably uh, probably better, but uh. but uh, yeah, I did uh, interview with him uh, when he left. Uh, Carrie Stimley uh, was my editor who ended up working a business first yeah. for a while too and uh, he and I uh, went to Denny's uh, office and got to talk to him about um, you know his career and everything and amazingly a lot about fishing <laughs> yeah <laughs> it came up a lot yeah um, and you know my family I grew up in Kentucky I grew up in Bardstown and you know how it is in Kentucky. Everyone roots for the University of Kentucky. There, there's very the the U of L fans are, are few and far between. But my grandma was a big U of L fan because um, she was from Louisville, and uh, and I was like I, I was just being the contrarian with her and always rooted for U of L just because the rest of my family rooted for UK. Uh, eventually switched sides and you know went to U of L and that's then now I'm cards for life. But uh, but um, yeah, like. Uh, Denny was definitely admired by by my grandma and 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 a lot of the U of L fans back in that period. Obviously, for good reason. He, how many Final Four appearances appearances did I he make? I think six. Yeah, six, and especially a good run in the uh, early, the late seventies, early eighties. You had listed all of them. Yeah, final four appearances in 1972, 1975, 1980, 1982, 1983, and led the team to the NCAA championship in 1980 and 
uh, or well, you got a statement from him um, and yeah. about uh, you know he how he looked up how much of a teacher he was for Kenny yeah. Payne. And and I think it's like that kind of crumb legacy was why everyone was so excited to have Kenny Payne mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And of course, I talked to my old boss John Yarmuth, who <laughs> uh, you know, former uh, <laughs> Senate or Congressman now. Yeah. Uh, and he had a lot of good things. We actually talked for a while, um, and um, he he just talked about what a class act Denny was and. Uh, he how he was like Denny's like um, unofficial PR a, uh, s- a spokesman for a while or consultant. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, I guess so, that was right before he became a congressman too. So. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> so he was with him like you know during that transition period with Rick, mm-hmm. and he said that you know uh, Crum didn't bear any ill will because. You know, he was kind of pushed out, and but he called Rick Patino and gave him his blessing mm-hmm. uh, to take the job. So, uh, you know, there was no ill will there. Didn't seem like it. Now, Rick Patino tweeted, uh, you know, sorry that he was sorry to hear about his loss as well. He was among a lot of people in the college basketball world that were tweeting mm-hmm. about it. So, yeah, and Greg Fonte at the Sports Commission, of course. Uh, just talked about the legacy that uh, he would um, is leaving, and he kind of set the standard for uh, all the the U of L coaches, and I get think any coach in this community, mm-hmm. <laughs> any basketball coach, yeah, any basketball fan, yeah, and, and Mitch McConnell also uh, thanked him for his service, yeah, to the community because he did a lot even outside of. Uh, you know that what he did in basketball he supported a lot of charities and he was really part of the community mm-hmm. and yeah i think mcconnell calling just praised his calm leadership on and off the court so. yeah um let's see there is a celebration of life for denny crumb uh to be held at the kfc yum center of course the court there uh bears his name it's called yeah. the denny crumb court yeah uh, that's going to be held on Monday, May 15th at 7 p.m., and that's open to the public. Uh, I'm sure you can hear a lot more good stories about Denny there. So uh, definitely a loss for the community, but, um, you know, looking back at his career and his life, uh, you know, he he uh, was, you know, he was a pillar. The Hoosier fan in the room's not said anything, so we got to give her a chance to talk. <laughs> well, uh, to all the podcast listeners, I'm 29, so I uh, wasn't watching L basketball back then, um, but grew up a Hoosier fan, went to IU Bloomington, and so, of course, I um, have watched a lot of replays of Bob Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Say the opposite of a calm coach. but <laughs> Yes, which is, you know, I think both – Bob and Denny were, you know, these storied, legendary coaches, but had very different methods <laughs> yeah. to uh, leading win- winning teams. But it seems like all these, um, you know, kind of great generation of uh, at least basketball coaches have kind of reached the end of their lives. Um, I know Bob was hospitalized this week um, with an acute illness and um, is recovering from that. So you hate to see him leave um but you know they leave such great legacies behind i i think bob had three national titles 
Um, not to compare apples to apples, <laughs> but, but IU had three national titles, which he almost coached IU for the same, like literally the same, the same peri- period of time, the same period of time. And one many. of his former players is the coach now. Yeah. Um, so there are some like parallels between U of L and, um, IU Bloomington's team, um, including, you know, recent struggles yeah <laughs> recent struggles but um you know maybe we'll both be on the upswing well you looked great yeah. last like early part of last year and then and then kind of had a rough like end of the season but it's all right uh that was um you know hoping for better for both teams and you know that when those two teams meet iu and uofl it's usually a good a good matchup i can remember some classics between those two but uh they don't meet very often so. yeah well in the 80s gosh they must have met in the tournament yeah. uh, more than once i would imagine i again i wasn't alive <laughs> alive to be watching uh, but considering how often they were in the final four and different things you would assume that they had several matchups over the years and i know um at least the uk fans in louisville like to remind me if there are uk fans in louisville i think there are yeah <laughs> there are there's plenty of them. um they like to you know downplay i use uh accomplishments in the past but really like i feel like iu and U of L, at least in the past you know we're on the same trajectory and iu struggled a lot more um after like circa 2013 mm-hmm. so like the last time U of L won a championship iu was doing all right <laughs> yeah, yeah they've they're doing okay now but yeah uh, well, I remember the IU Kentucky game around that time, around 2013 uh-huh. or something. I think it was 2011. Yeah, the it was lot a lot shot. <laughs> yeah, I I remember the specific thing. <laughs> like that, like ask any Kentucky fan about that; they'll probably punch you in the face. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, i you know it's weird. I I live in Indiana. I wear my cards gear over there all the time, which I think makes sense because we were right across the river from Louisville. But I see people wearing UK gear in Indiana. In and Southern I'm like, Indiana. And I'm like, get out of here. Blasphemous. (laughs) You know, you can be for the cards because we're right near Louisville, but you can't be for UK over there. Hey, I have IU sweatshirts and I have a Cardinal sweatshirt, (laughs) you know, just in case I can go to a game at the Yum Center. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from college basketball, who talks about college basketball in May? Uh, Us here in Kentucky uh, and Indiana. But uh, we'll move on from, you know, that being a a somber uh, subject and talk a little more about the recent news here. Michael, you've also been covering uh, the restaurant scene for us, as always. Um, Let's say a big story this week uh, seemed to take off online was this uh, Gus's Fried Chicken location. Yeah, people apparently have been waiting for this fried chicken. Uh, (laughs) I got to try it. But um, yeah, we first announced in 2021 that they were moving into the PPG Paints uh, store location. Uh, on Hurstbourne Parkway, and um, they finally um, are opening next week uh, on uh, May 16th, and um, yeah, it's it cost a lot of like like celebration in the community. Yeah, and then I saw it's from Memphis, and yeah. I saw our Memphis paper picked it up too. You picked up your story about. Uh, uh, Gus's opening in in Louisville, so I can't believe we're starved for fried chicken in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, I mean yes. this is the home of Kentucky fried chicken. But uh, but again, you know, I've said this before. I wish Kentucky fried chicken was like this premium chicken. It's not. It's like it's basic. Um, Except, have you had their new chicken nuggets? I haven't. Um, 
they i would give them like an eight out of ten wow at least the ones that i had oh you had this idea of us reviewing kfc foods or what is or, it yum brands foods on this yes podcast. or yeah. something <laughs> I've, I've had a lot of food related podcast ideas that yeah. you haven't that i have not implemented uh, there's a lot of great ideas and then we end up doing this every week <laughs> yes so. we end up just rambling but it's popular so we just uh, yeah. ramble so anyway, anyways yeah. back to guesses <laughs> I talked to uh, the president and owner, uh, Wendy McCory, mm-hmm. and she said that uh, what took so long was like she wanted to get it right. They have a, one other store in Kentucky, and that's in Lexington. And so um, she said, like, you know, they did this big renovation. They worked with Miranda Construction. And then uh, they sent their uh, employees here to Memphis to train. Mm-hmm. And uh, in March, they could have opened, but she decided that she didn't like the paint colors and had them repaint the whole thing. How funny. In a former paint store. Too. Yes. And that's ironic. <laughs> but you do know that paint, especially in like restaurants and retail places, like there's some psychology it's behind usually the paint. important yeah that's uh, why so many brands are like red or like, yellow i think yellow isn't, isn't yellow then they make you hungry i thought it was red that made you hungry oh i can't remember i'll google it both of them work for <laughs> mcdonald's uh, you know and they're they're very successful so. yeah you know one thing i didn't put in my story is that uh you know she's had to visit uh here a couple times mm-hmm. uh when they were looking for location stuff and she's she said she's developed a taste for bourbon oh <laughs> of course of course that's the other thing we have in spades around here um basketball col- uh, basketball uh fried chicken and bourbons so. yeah it's um, a good trifecta <laughs> it <Yeah>. is <laughs> um everything bad well <laughs> two of the things are bad for, for the you. record uh a yellow and orange are colors that make people feel hungry. The color red is often associated with passion. So when one sees red combined with yellow and orange, they become passionately hungry. <laughs> what, this is what Google has said. <laughs> well, I believe it. Um, I get passionately hungry every time I see uh, McDonald's or Wendy's. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's see here. And then, Michael, you also wrote about something new coming to It'll always be, to me, the former Buckhead in uh, Gardner Lane Shopping Center. Yes, uh, King Buffet opened in the former Legends Crab Seafood House location in the uh, uh, Gardner Lane Shopping Center. But, yeah, I even call it the Buckhead yeah. uh, place. It so. was Buckhead for so long. Yeah, so. for like 25 years. And, um, you know, you see all these Chinese restaurants and you wonder, you know, who's opening them. So there are several King Buffets. There used to be one on Dixie Highway and they they had one on Preston and their King Buffets in like um, Ohio and Tennessee. And it turns out it's the same family um, that, um, you know, these four brothers own it. And they open these restaurants and get their family members to run them. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and it's very successful, too. Cause like you said, they spread out everywhere. So, Yeah, and it's like, I thought buffets were done with yeah. COVID. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. We were, we were saying, oh, buffets are over. No, they were, <laughs> they were dead for like 
a month or two and then they just came roaring back <laughs> yeah and i don't know if it's like the pricing or what but and this is it seems like for a while there were all these crab restaurants opening and then they're all closing i was gonna say that and too. now this is like uh the, the asian buffet with the sushi hibachi and uh the chinese food yeah they that seems to be the it's new kinda, trend now yeah yeah you're right i mean it seemed like we had like a crab restaurant invasion in 2020 um and and now we're seeing those clothes and then yeah the asian fusion between japanese and chinese um cuisine i think yeah and i i had actually gotten like messages from people saying hey when's that buffet gonna open or what's going on at that location yeah. and, and so and that's that was a story that did pretty well too and yeah. i'm like who do yeah yeah there was a lot of excitement for it among our facebook fans especially um let's what was the famous quote calm down pam no relax pam <laughs> relax pam. there was a every facebook con- Every Facebook post has some uh, person who is just upset at the world. I In think. this case, it was Pam. Pam, who said that she wouldn't pay a wouldn't spend a penny at any of these Asian buffet places, um, and then uh, responded to that comment. It wasn't any of us. It was just another another fan. Another reader said. Um, you wouldn't a penny relax Pam or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Pam is the new Karen and uh, uh relax Pam's the new by Felicia. <laughs> relax Pam's the We're going to start it. You heard yeah. it here first. Yes. So, yeah. Spread it spread it around town. That'll be our thing. All right. Well, uh like I said, short show for you this week. Uh lots going on here. Uh I could barely wrangle michael and haley into this podcast but i was able to pull it off so that week after derby yeah week after derby and like everybody takes a day off and um you know it's just been just been struggling all week but uh, thankfully uh, it's it's about over so uh before we go we'll do what we always do and share our social media handles uh michael where can people find you on social media all right you can find me on linkedin under my name and on twitter at BF Lou Michael. All right, Haley, where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn under my name or on Twitter under BF Lou Haley. All right, you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, David A. Mann. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Michael and Haley. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to us at home. See you next time. Bye.